Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 121. Hey, Richers, it's Hayut. And I just came back from an incredible, legendary holiday with my family in Greece. And I realized once again that there is one thing that is more important even than your entrepreneurship. However, it did cost me, for the first time, a one-day delay in publishing this podcast, and I would like to apologize for that. And before introducing you to the very practical yet inspiring my guest today, I would like to tell you that whatever you're struggling with as an entrepreneur regarding reaching your entrepreneurial business success, I believe you'll find answers at the richomis.com website. You can find it either while listening to podcasts, finding the guest that most resonates to you, or you can find it on my blog post. There are a lot of how-tos and practical advice there. You can also find it in the free guides that I'm sharing. And I'll always be happy to answer any question or request. Just send me an email to chayut at richomis.com. My guest today is Kate Sheehan. Kate is the director of the OT service and occupational therapist specializing in environmental design and equipment provision. She is well respected as a leader in the field of product and commercial consultancy and is passionate that products are designed to meet function, enable occupation, are simple and intuitive to use. Kate Sheehan. What a pleasure to have you on my show. Hi. Hi. Wow, this is a great opportunity for me because we know each other and we work together in one of the startups projects that I'm working with. But this is something else because I found out that you are a very successful entrepreneur yourself and I asked you to tell us your story. So thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I just shared your story with our listeners, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing today and most passionate about, and where are you heading? Right. So um, I'm an occupational therapist by profession, but I'm very much an atypical occupational therapist because I've worked in what we call emerging markets. And the reason for that is... Back in 2004, I was quite frustrated by the equipment market for people with disabilities because it was quite um, institutional and functional, but not very aesthetic. 
And I met um, a gentleman called Tony Reinberg from Ideal Standard at an event. And unfortunately, he was the one person that um, I started to vent my frustration. Mm -hmm. Luckily, he um, took that as a challenge and invited me to come and meet him for a project they were doing around um, aesthetics in hotels, in accessible toilets, and uh, wanted yeah. my advice. Uh, so that kind of started me on a journey of working with the kind of commercial sector and looking at how we can influence design, influence change from a kind of product development side but also hmm. how we can use the occupational therapy skills to enable companies to target people in the most appropriate way um, and also to kind of be that bridge between a product designer and manufacturer and the clinical people uh, that they're trying to um, get a product in front of so that we both meet the needs of the end user, which for me was the most important thing. It's those people who need or have to have the equipment in their homes to be able to live their lives to the full, but have something that they want and they desire rather than they have to have because it's a means to an end. Kate, you actually, you're managing a business, your own business, but you weren't always in charge of your own business, isn't it? You were an employee as an occupational therapist, or am I wrong? My career started in the National Health Service, um, and then I moved into social care. And I then did my first, what we would call my first private piece of work. Hmm. And if I'm completely honest, by accident rather than design, I was asked to do a piece of work around manual handling and equipment for a person who'd had a catastrophic injury. And yeah. I wasn't going to do it um, because I, I was, I'm very passionate about our NHS and our social care provision. And I always thought that that's where my career would, would end up. But I had my arm twisted um, by the person who was asking me to do the work. And I said, OK, I will do it. And what it did was it opened my eyes to doing things in a slightly different way. Uh, and from that point on, um, I set up my own business um, and worked across the NHS and private before going completely private. Actually, today you have a company which is much bigger than only yourself, isn't it? It is. So um, I started out on my by myself and then merged with someone else um, and sold that company uh, five years ago. Um, <laughs> and I was going to have a break, hmm. um, but it doesn't really sit with me as a person. Um, so started up again virtually straight away. A lot of the reason for it was people kept coming back to me saying, will you do this piece of work? Could you do that? And I wasn't under any contractual requirements that I couldn't do things. So I started again five years ago and last year sold again part of my business to my two business partners, um, Adam Ferry and Samantha Shan. Um, and now we're 
working together to build the business even further. Wow, and you also have occupational therapists working with you, isn't it? Yes, we do. So we have 24 therapists um, and we work nationwide and we work in two very distinct sectors. So we work for companies like Sit and Stand and Abacus Baths, um, advising on um, pushing products into the OT market from a clinical point of view. But we also still do what we call hands-on clinical working, housing and equipment, which is providing the therapy to support people to maximise their function in their own homes. Who do you consider today as your customers? Is it the patient? Is it the um, commercial clients? Who are your customers today? It's really interesting. I've been thinking about this um, following your question. Hmm. Who is our ultimate customer is a really tricky one. I think for me, my clients are my ultimate customer. So it is the end user of a product. So I might work for companies. The, the end customer is Mrs. Jones who's going to use that product. As if we're contracted to work with Mrs. Jones to get her back into uh, living as full a life as possible in her home and her community, that's the client. So the people who pay us are not necessarily our end client. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I think actually most of us has at least two kinds of customers, those who pay us, because it's also a business, isn't it? And those that we are changing their life through that. This podcast, as you know, is all about approaching the customer and making a business out of that. You are an entrepreneur. You didn't plan, perhaps, to be independent and to own a business. However, it happened, and I would like to ask you, there are so many entrepreneurs out there today trying to find their way to uh, establish their own business or are working in their own business or startup already. And I want to ask you to share with us, what is your best advice to any entrepreneur regarding the customer approach and focus? Again, this is a really interesting one and one that I've thought about quite a lot. And I think the best advice I can give is to be true to your, um, your own values and hmm. ethics. If you come across as being honest, and being ethical then people will approach you um, and then I think the other thing for me is about being honest it's sometimes very difficult but when it comes to products and I, some people have passed some products in front of me and said they're all excited and they think this product is the best thing and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking I can't see it working hmm. and it's being honest about it uh, and there are a number of products where I've said, I don't think it will work. And these are the reasons why I don't think it will work. Um, and it's been interesting because one particular um, company uh, was was quite, uh, I think, frustrated by my remarks, yeah. but came back a couple of years later with something else. And that really did work. Hmm. I, I must say that... Um... It happened to us because we came to you with, as I said, one of the startups that I'm working with, and we asked you to take this project very, very fast, and you said, 
together with your partners, you came to us and you said, we need time. We want time to examine the product in the market in order to be sure that it really serves well the audience that you're approaching. And I appreciated it so much, although we wanted you to start as fast as possible. And I love this um, advice to be true to yourself. And I think it's the only way we can succeed. And this what you've got in this business. You've got your name as a professional, isn't it? It is. And you can't compromise your reputation. Um, and, and the other thing I think that's really important is money isn't everything. Hmm. And to remember that by giving people, and, and this can be both the end user and companies, advice which you don't charge for, um, but give them some value, it is, is really worth it. Because I've had, you know, um, pay, uh, clients who've come to me and said, will you do an assessment or one of your therapists do an assessment? Uh, and we've talked for half an hour and I've said, actually, you know, you have a right to this service from um, our NHS or our social care service. Please don't pay me. Hmm. Um, you know, I will find out the address, I'll find out an, a name for you. And people really appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, it may, it, it costs you half an hour, but actually you're making a difference to someone's life hmm. or some company. And that is really important to me. Sure. Um, it's about being ethical and and not not just looking at the pounds and the pence. Yeah, I love that. And I also believe that at the end of the day, the money follows that. Not only the money, but, you know, the advantage following. Yeah. You have a lot of successes, and I've been following a few, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But I would like to ask you to share with us your biggest, most critical failure with customers. It can be either end consumers or the companies that you work with or the NHS, any customer that you served at the time, the one failure that really affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Can you tell us about that? You don't have to mention names, of course. No, I think it's quite an interesting one because I always try and work out and reflect on what we've done and what this there's always success out of failure. <laughs> I love that. And you can always learn. I think you can learn more from things that have gone wrong than sometimes things that have gone right. Mm. I think the biggest critical failure I had was with a commercial company whereby we were pulled in to help a company that was looking at launching a radical new approach to deliver equipment to the end user. Okay. And... They all started on their journey and they were going at 90 miles an hour. But for me, they hadn't got the firm foundations in place. Hmm. And we were constantly coming back to saying, you need to get this, you know, this sorted. If you're going to have professionals, you need to have them properly trained. You need professional indemnity insurance. You, you need some form of clinical supervision. You need to train your staff better. So... We kept putting back to them what they needed to do, but they were still on this journey of getting things done 
way too quickly and um, it resulted in the whole thing uh, collapsing um, because the funding was pulled uh, and I think what it did for me was to realise we should have said stop sooner. Hmm. We should have said we're pulling out because actually you're not listening to what we're saying. And we should have been more assertive and yeah. said this will not work. Um, and I think we were almost overwhelmed by the fact that we saw it as such a good idea. Hmm. We didn't... We didn't want to put barriers in the way, yeah. but actually we, we should have said, stop. It's not going to work how you're doing it. Um, but if you stop and we look at how we move things forward slowly in a more methodical way with better practices and procedures in place, it will work. I think it's, it's great because what I see uh, and I'm following you for a while, we're working together more than half a year, but You really care about the end user. You really care about being ethical and about doing the things right. But you have the sense of commercial, the sense of business for your customers, the ones that also pay and are about to make revenue. This combination is very special and I love this story. I think it's a beautiful story. And now I want to ask you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success. As a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers? I think my greatest successes or the ones that have the most impact on me are usually my, uh, my interactions with my actual clients, clients who've had a catastrophic injury. Um, and we've spoken about this case before, but there's one particular case that really had an impact on me, which was a, a young mum who had a two-year-old daughter who was involved in a catastrophic in, uh, uh, road traffic in incident, oh, which left her um, paralysed. Oh. Um, I was pulled in very quickly by the legal team to look at... Um, working with this this person to 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 move their life forward uh, and I, I met this um lady in a spinal injury unit and she was lying flat on her back two weeks post-accident yeah. in complete trauma uh, and I sat down next to her and we were just chatting about general life uh, and the one thing that I always ask my clients is is what is your goal hmm. what do you want to do Um, and her comment back to me was, I want to be able to ski with my daughter. Oh. And, you know, when you look at somebody lying there, not even being sat up following the accident, um, that's quite a jump. Um, but I didn't, for me, it's about not saying no. It's about going, well, how do we achieve this? So I said to this client, I said, okay, that's your goal. That's, what, that's where we'll get to. Um, and she, she smiled at me and she said, you're the first person who's actually said something positive. <laughs> Because everybody was saying, well, you won't be able to do this and you won't be able to do that and you'll have difficulty working and, you know, this driving is going to be a problem. Uh, so all these things have been so negative. Uh, and that smile just... Well, it just made me want to get her where she wanted to go. 
and it was a long journey. Um, it was um, getting her um, into a property that was suitable for herself. It was about getting her back to work. It was about uh, finding a school for a daughter because it took us three years to get there. Um, all these things had to be put in place. Um, and what we often find in these cases is once the kind of medical legal settlement has been made, um, a lot of our clients, um, I, I can't think of a, a polite way of putting it, we, we're all sacked usually. Um, and it's not malicious, it's just that they've had enough of professionals managing their lives and they hmm. just want to get themselves um, but between you know between us she kept emailing and saying can you help me with this can you help with that um, and I introduced her to the um, the disabled skiing team in um, Milton Keynes and about two years later I remember sitting in a coffee shop and getting a text message and on that text message was a picture of this client with her daughter in Verbier um, at the top of the mountain. Wow. And it just went, it just said, got there. Wow. And to me, as a therapist, you cannot put a value on that. She got what she wanted, which was her goal achieved she was skiing with her daughter again hmm. um, and even now it gives me goosebumps hmm. thinking of wow what a story can you recommend any tool technological or digital tool that you are using and i'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the elders list but i'm looking for something that helps you to better succeed or to reach something or something that has changed your life? Again, this was a really interesting one because you can talk about LinkedIn and you can talk about Twitter and you can talk about those ways of marketing. But from a professional point of view, probably one of the biggest impacts for me as an OT and for my therapist is a tool called IDAPT, uh, which probably most people have never, ever heard of. Um, but it's a planning tool. So what I can do is I can go into somebody's house, I can measure up, um, say, for example, their bathroom, I can draw it within IDAPT, and I can drop and drag different products in to look at space. I can work out whether somebody's wheelchair is going to work in that space. I can work out whether we've got enough space for moving and handling with, say, a hoist. Hmm again, is great for clients because they can actually visualise what their bathroom or their kitchen is going to look like. I adapt and we'll put a link to that together with all other links to things that related to what Kate is talking about in the show notes of this interview. And Kate, there are many factors that affect one's success, but I really believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really makes the difference. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor? I think for me, it is my personality, which is when somebody says to me, you can't do something. <laughs> um, that's a bit like um, a red rag to a bull. Um, <laughs> anything is possible. 
as long as you've got the will to try and find a solution to it. Um, and by saying to me, you know, oh, no, OTs don't, uh, occupational therapists don't do that, or occupational therapists don't get involved in that. And I'm the, that kind of person that says, there's nothing that we can't do. It's only our own personal um, blinkers and our own personal barriers that stop us from doing it. And actually, if you just stand back, you can find a solution to most things. But what you have to do is you have to surround yourself with people who you can talk to and chat through ideas who have the same philosophy as you. So um, I have this amazing friend called Jen Gash, who is, um, she's an OT coach. And she has this ability to inspire you to succeed. And Hmm. if I ever have any self-doubt, a five-minute phone call with Jen and Hmm. I'm back buzzing. Wow. And um, my final question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you is my mountain question. And my listeners already know this story, but I already imagine this journey of marketing, of building an idea in the mind of the consumer and or customer, this journey of creating awareness and then building the trust in the mind of the consumer or customer and then making them look for things and building the brand. I always imagine it as climbing a mountain step after step after step. and. At some moment, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether they ever climbed a mountain or wish to climb a mountain or plan on climbing a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? I mean literally a mountain, but you can also take the metaphor. I would always think of a mountain called Bowfell in the Lake District in England. Um, It is a most beautiful uh, mountain to climb, but it has particular resonance to me because on my dad's 80th birthday, he he didn't want to party. He wanted the whole of his immediate family to climb up Bowfell with him. Wow. So... We all trooped up to the Lake District, including all the grandchildren, and we stayed in a hotel at the bottom. Uh, and we told the the landlord of the, the pub that we, this is what we were going to do. Uh, and he thought we were completely bonkers <laughs> taking an 80-year-old man up the mountain. But that's what we did. And we got to the top of Bowfell, and we produced glasses and champagne. And wow. drank to my dad um, and his 80 years at that point. Uh, we then walked down the mountain and ended up in the pub. And as we walked through the door, the whole of the pub erupted in applause. And, wow. and the landlord put a, a dram of whiskey in front of my dad um, to congratulate him. And for me, Again, it, it comes down to this, and my dad always had this philosophy, which is you can do anything if you want to. Hmm, what a story. Wow, lovely story. What a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. And 
But I just want to ask you, what would be the best way to connect with you? For any one of our listeners that might want to be in touch or ask you questions, ask you about entrepreneurship. Um, I would say LinkedIn is probably the best one to contact me on. Um, you can search for me under Kate Sheehan um, or via our website, which is www.otservice.co.uk. That's great. And we'll put the links to this as well as to any other things that we talked about in the show notes of this interview. And Kate, I would like to thank you so much. I knew it's going to be a fantastic interview and I loved any moment of that. I think you're bringing a different approach to the business world, but it's not only business, isn't it? And thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. And uh, take care. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye, thanks. Thank you. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.